Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, your home for all things Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and so much more. Join Derek and Ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery. Grab some snacks and settle in because Paperweight Entertainment starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. I'm your co-host, Derek Hoskins, and with me tonight, as always, my good friend and yours, the glue that holds this all together, the wonderful, the talented, the beautiful, Mr. Ian Torrance. Ian, how's it going, man? For those who know me, they're probably like getting really excited at that kick-ass intro, and then they're like, wait, Ian Torrance? <laughs> That's not that, true. That can't, that can't be his intro. That's not true. You're amazing. Derek, Derek, Derek must copy and paste these intros. <laughs> Put whoever's name at the end of it. The beautiful, the talented, Ian Torrance. <laughs> Ian Torrance. Real fucking automated machine. No, I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. I know my tone suggests otherwise, but I've had a long day. I've been working, and I had to go to the Walmart, so that'll that'll bring anybody down. But I've got my, my energy drink here, so... I'm uh I'm ready to talk about some Mando. Ghost Energy Drinks sponsor us, you jerks. Please, right <laughs> now. So yeah, like Ian said, we're going to talk about Mandalorian season three, episode five, the pirate, the pirates of the outer rim. What did you think about this episode, Ian? It's Man, weird I, just having I, one episode to talk about. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a weird episode. Not when I say weird, I don't mean that in a bad way. I thought it was weird for the simple fact that uh, we got uh, we got a love his name grief grief Carga. Carga. Uh, we got Creed. we got a, we got Apollo Creed with Action Jackson with the grayest beard but blackest hair I've ever seen. <laughs> Isn't that a weird juxtaposition to see? It is, man. Just let so it all be gray. Yeah, just let it all be gray, man. You look great. You're fucking hold on. What are, what are you? He was born in 1948. Yeah, he's he looks My great. God. He's aged very well, but it looks so weird with that jet black hair and a white white beard. So he's what 75? Does my yeah. math get on that? I don't know. That math ain't mathing for me tonight. So I'm I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, I came up with that really quickly. But sounds uh, right. Close enough. Yeah. So. A man in we can definitely agree he's in his seventies. A man in his seventies, <laughs> he, he looks great, man. He looks fantastic. Um, I got uh, I got a lot of cool stuff in this episode. Okay, okay. I like I like the character of grief. I like his his uh, three sixty turnaround he did in the show. <laughs> I'm not going to quote it again. Don't worry. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I know you want it two weeks in a row. I do. Yeah, go back last week if you're confused. <laughs> The 360. <laughs> it's a 180. <laughs> so, uh, Captain Carson Tiva, I like that guy. I love his character. He's I think a, he's, he's awesome, a, man. He's a cool dude, man. He's great. And, uh, my favorite, Tim Meadows, the ladies' man himself. Nobody's calling anybody a JT. <laughs> oh, he called you a <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> ladies, if you are rich, meet me by the nacho cart. I could. I I did a double take when I saw Tim Meadows. Man, I was just like, wait, wait a minute, because I was watching it this morning when I watched it to begin with. I was watching on my phone, and I was kind of glancing. I was like, wait a minute, 
Is that Tim Meadows? And then he talked. First, I was like, like, are you watching it on an iPod Nano? Yes. What are you doing with Little your Nano. fingers there? I got big hands. My phone seems small. I got you. <laughs> I got these big head and little arms. I don't think you thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised to see Tim Meadows. Happy, though. I love Tim Meadows. I haven't seen him in anything in a while. Uh, thank you. I, I got everything but the glass. <laughs> <laughs> I could quote the entire Ladies Man movie. Love that movie. Love Tim Meadows. Loved him on Saturday Night Live. Uh Grief, grief, Karga being the kind of center of this episode with his uh, village. I don't know what you want to call his town. We can call it a town, right? Yeah, they they call it the capital city of Navarro, but it was like, <laughs> but was like thirty is, people. Yeah, it was, it was like, like thirty Gotham. people. It was like Gotham from '89 Batman. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the same. So like funny, like milling about. All, all the people were like pushed to the to the outer skirts of the of the town. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, Derek, there was literally like they panned over to everybody who's coming back into town, and all fifteen of them are there. And I'm like, is that it? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, no Get everyone to safety. Overpower you. Uh, I I like the the drama that we're getting with the new republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still not sure what to think about them. A part of me wanted to believe that they weren't up to no good. But like they just seem like I don't want to say a watered down version of the Empire, but like it seems like that's where we're going, right? Do, do you do you get those vibes? Hang on a minute. You gonna sneeze? Bless you. Yeah, I had a sneeze brewing the whole time, and I was like, "Don't throw back to me! Don't throw back to me! Don't!" And you threw back as soon as it was getting ready to come. I out. wasn't looking. I'm sorry. I should. No, no, I it's okay. Your, it's okay. I should have read your body. <laughs> um, just your. I should have so read I, your body. Yeah, please do. Hmm. I, I don't braille. think that I would call them like a light version of the Empire. I would call them currently, inept. currently. I would call them inept, especially because now this is colored from. I've read quite a bit of the uh, the expanded universe that they've done since Disney took over, and one of the things that they did in the books um, over the last few years is showing that the New Republic really was mismanaged after the war. Like the rebellion was great. They, they did everything they could. They toppled the empire and then immediately started making mistakes. Like they got rid of Mon Mothma's big, big push after the battle of Jeddah. And after being done with the, the um, empire was to demilitarize. We, we got to get rid of this central military. You know, that was where the empire came from when the, when the old Republic got this central military. So she got rid of that. And then also getting bogged down with all the, the bureaucratic like red tape that the old Republic was dealing with and not Mm. being able to govern its systems and not having a firm uh, like method of governing in place. And so I think what they're doing is what they've been doing in the books. They're now showing in this of just how hard it actually is to run a government of that size. And the reason the empire was able to do it is because they ran it through fear and through persecution and, and, and like, and terror Sadly, yes. And the New Republic can't do that because they're trying to be better. But because of that, they are failing at at like a base level of being able to govern their people. And so the fact that like Tim Meadows' character, when uh, when uh, oh gosh, Teva Carson, Teva, am I get saying his name wrong? What's the the Tie Fighter pilot that they called Blue? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Teva, when Teva? he came in and he's talking to him and he's like, "Look, you know we're." 
we're so we're so backlogged. They they have this giant stack of things and they can't get it through. And then also they allowed all of these imperial um oh gosh, what to call them? These imperial like uh refugees to come and work within the new republic and we're watching one clearly sabotage the new republic at every chance she can because she's definitely like there was some in in the third episode there was a little bit of an ambiguous idea is she still working for the empire is she just angry with dr pershing is she actually working with with gideon you know what's going on with her in this it's 100 clear the second that he came in she jumped on it she made sure that nothing got done because right now at this point in time the the first order is already starting to build up because the other thing that the new republic did they touched on it in this episode they allowed the imperial remnants in the outer rim to fester and to stay there. They didn't go and round them all up. They allowed them to stay there. They they said that we can't handle that. They're not a threat. And that's that's what births the first order. Well, I found it really funny that uh the Colonel, Tim Meadows. Uh-huh. Not to be confused with not, Colonel. Not Bob, Bob. Not Colonel Bob. Um yeah, so the colonel in the in the show seemed very incompetent as you mm-hmm. as you said earlier and the reason i say that is because like he's having this conversation with uh with with the captain and mm-hmm. he's like and then this this no name person walks in who is a former like, imperial yeah <laughs> and is in the lower ranks right mm-hmm. well no she did she i think she got bumped up didn't she i think she probably did but still because I mean, she the, had the new pin on right right but that whole program it seemed like those people are analysts that's all they're doing they're data analysts right. they don't have military rank not they're, yet they're, bas- they're basically stormtroopers without the helmets <laughs> right <laughs> you know they're the pawns they're the people you just send out to to take all the brunt of the damage at first right so i just thought it was funny she walks in like oh, i was gonna go grab some juice and that's not what she said but <laughs> did you want anything he's like oh your opinion because you were on the outer rims right like you don't know why would you know that right and also why would you, you ask talk? her when you have this captain that has been patrolling the outer rim now for a while you know we've seen him for think? two seasons of mandalorian that he's been in the outer rim. Why would you not take his word for it? And this hey, you're screwing person? all these people over. Um, did you notice anything out there when you were, uh, you know, ruling by fear? Right. And I Actually, love that yes. Teva didn't. I think we should leave them to die. Oh, okay. Well, she's got a point. We probably shouldn't go out there. Isn't that what we're trying to get away from? Right. Yeah, I, I like that pilot man. He's he's fantastic, and he wasn't taking it either. You're, you're right. He wouldn't he wouldn't buy, and he's just like. So we're just we're just gonna leave them to die, and then he's like, "Oh no, we're obviously we can't do that, right?" Well, then what are you? We're just not gonna help them in any way. (laughs) God, it's like that fucking terrible scene from Batman Begins. I'm not gonna save you. I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save save you. you. (laughs) But if you use the only device known to get off the train that you know is gonna derail and kill a man, aren't you kind of murdering him? him? (laughs) You kind of killing him, Bruce? jump off yourself wouldn't that kill him so that part always bothered me about that movie it's not who i am underneath but what i do that defines me bruce (laughs) no No. really because i just said that to bruce wayne not two days ago (laughs) and you just said the exact same thing (laughs) you've seen that haven't you oh yeah 
that college humor one. Oh yeah, it's another Bad one of the Badmans. No. <laughs> well, there, he, well, there is my good friend Bruce right over there. <laughs> turn around. Turn, turn around. <laughs> okay, you turn around. You still have the eye black on your <laughs> Bruce or Gordon, you won't believe it. What? Bruce Wayne is Batman. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that whole logic either. Like, oh, we're not going to help him, but we're, yeah, we, we're not going to leave him to die. And then, right. is it just me or did he come up with no solution, no logic? He, he, he did nothing. He didn't even say, you know what, because you would think that the the outpost that we saw, which, by the way, I know you don't know who that character is, but there was a cameo in this episode that made me literally drop my jaw and just go, no, they didn't. So when he's sitting there and he gets the hologram from Grief Karga at the uh, at the outpost Mm -hmm. and that big giant alien comes and sits down and talks to him. That character is one of the main characters. He's one of the crew from Rebels. His name is Zeb. Uh, it's the same same species as, um, uh, oh my gosh, Cal Kestis's, um master from Jedi Fallen Order. There, it's a Lasat. That's the big character, the big or big alien. Um, You're not talking about the main pirate, right? No, 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 no. No, the uh, no, no, the the New Republic pilot. So when the when Teva gets the the he's sitting at the bar and he gets the hologram from from you know Action Jackson. Oh, gotcha. I thought you were saying like he sat down, like he came and sat next to Grieve Cargo. I was like, I don't remember an alien coming to. No, 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 I thought no. you'd been sat down to talk to him. I'm like, the only alien I remember talking to Grief is uh, is that big moss guy, yeah. swamp thing. <laughs> okay, you're talking about. Okay, I know who you're talking about now. I'm sorry. Yeah, so that is that's a character called Zeb. And uh, and it was voiced by the same actor. Looked great in live action. Man, he looked awesome. I really hope that he's going to show up in Ahsoka now uh, because they're doing so many things with the Rebels characters. Uh, but anyway, my po- point when bringing that up is like Tim Meadows didn't even say, okay, well, your contingent of people on your outpost can go and help. Because they on that outpost, they had Y-Wings, they had uh, X-Wings, probably had an A-Wing or two. I mean, you had a, a almost a squadron of of ships that could have went and helped this planet, but they just instead are just sitting around drinking. It was, it was very frustrating to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about before we started going off on that? It was something about, you were talking about how uh, the Colonel didn't do anything. He had no, yeah, no the, answers. Yeah, he, he, he and just and like, oh, well, that, we can't uh, do that. And then just that, drop it. And I love that. Tev was just like, Oh well, if you're not gonna do anything, I'm just gonna go get somebody who will. And he goes and grabs the whole freaking clan of Mandalorians. All of the Mandalorians. And I love that. R5... I love how they're like, great. Now we have to fucking move. <laughs> I love. I love that R five was his spy. He just comes tootling out of the cave. Hey guys, don't mind me. I just gave away your location and everything about your home. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy. What did you think about uh, the uh, the the spirit stick? you know, speech. I love that the Mandalorians use the same way of like having the, the speaker as like kindergarten students. Okay. Okay. Now Paz Vizsla has the talking stick. So everyone else be quiet. The rain stick. <laughs> I was a little annoyed with how cliche that speech got when Paz grabbed the, uh, the talking stick. I like that. We're calling it that. 
And he's just like, this man attacked us and he did this. And who who would he, who would like risk their lives to go help these people? I'll tell you who the Mandalorians, that's who. And I'm like, okay, come on. It was, but at the same time, I was really glad that it went that way. I was glad they did it, but I thought he could have like it was a little cheesy. Could have not done the cliche like brooding. I'm not gonna right. help. But we will, because this is the way. Can't get any. You go and totally redeem (laughs) yourself. (laughs) So that speech, yeah, it was it was silly to me. And then Mm -hmm. he was making good points. Don't get me wrong. I just yeah, they were great points, but it was a little silly. And uh, him afterwards being like, "This man risked his life to save my son, and and Bo-Katan risked her life to put this plan together and do this." And I'm just like. I wish he would have led with this. This right. would have been a great speech. But like we like, follow these people because this is what we do. We're gonna go way. and we're gonna protect them because this is the way. Yeah, it it was, but it was I, I didn't mind it, even though I was like, Yeah, that is a little a little cheesy. I was glad that they did it because I, I was just glad that he wasn't the antagonist again. Because I got kind of tired of him being so antagonistic towards Din mm-hmm. when he has done nothing but help constantly. True. <laughs> And And especially after last week, I was like, if this man comes up here and starts mouthing off against Din Djarin after he literally saved his son. like When you were basically like giving up, like, well, guess I better start having other children. Which, by the way, Mandalorian relations. How How does that work? How do? How do they? How do they coitus? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. How do? How do that? That uh, his, his dick's got a little Mandalorian hoe on it. <laughs> a little <laughs> hole slid in the top. <laughs> She's like, hey, "I'm not gonna let you put that thing in me." And he's like, "This is <laughs> this the is way." The way. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's the one that's gonna get us canceled. All right. <laughs> yeah, that one. That's that. that that's the that. one. Nothing else. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I never thought about that. Honestly, I thought it was funny in last week's episode. We never mentioned, um, how she was like, so when we go to eat, mm-hmm. how do we do that? And he's like, oh, you just sneak off somewhere and take off your helmet to eat. I'm like, really? Cause I thought like anytime you took off your helmet was sacrilege. Cause I thought literally like you're just supposed to tilt it up far enough for it to reach Drink, your mouth. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. I know. Well, and, let me and ask you it's this: all different. What at the end, the armor? Love that she doesn't have a name, right? And no matter where she's at, she can find an armory anywhere. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> there happens to be another four. To be fair, that was where she was operating out of in the first season. So true. True. So let me ask you this. Why did she allow Bogotan to take off her helmet and present herself to the group? Do you want my opinion or why they said it in the show? Because I think there are two possible answers. Give me both because I must not have caught it. Okay, the reason why in the show is because she wants to unite the clans of Mandalorians to go and retake Mandalore. And they're not going to be able to do that. If it's someone who's following the way, because all the other Mandalorians think that they're a crazy cult. Now that's what she said, but she also said, 
everyone must follow the way if this is going to happen. So what I think that she's trying to do is to get all the Mandalorians together so that she can work her crazy like cult leader magic to get everybody to come around to her way of doing things. Also to get them all together so that they can weed out the ones that aren't going to follow the way. Because I still think the armor is going to be an antagonist. I don't trust her. I haven't trusted okay. her from the beginning. Do you think like she's using Bogatan now, then gonna kick her out later and be like, You took off your helmet? You I, fucking told me to. I was wondering that as well, but I don't think that she is. I think that she the It would have been funny if she immediately kicked her I know. out. Off I thought helmet. that too. I thought Okay, she, she takes it off. Aha! You're out. <laughs> I knew it. I out. knew you weren't committed. Get out. Get out. You're a Mandalorian no more. <laughs> no, I think that the I think that the armorer truly believes that Bo Katan saw the uh, the Mythosaur, and she knows what that means for Mandalorians according to their legends. That that is time for them to rise up. It's time for them to take their home back. I think she believes all that. So I don't think that she'll do anything against Bo Katan because I think she truly believes that she's going to be the one to unite them. I think she's wrong. I think it's going to be Din, and I'll hold to that because I don't think Bo Katan's a very good leader. She has proven that excuse me, multiple times that she can't unite them like she thinks she can. I was going to say, where's her current crew at? Yeah, they're gone. They're probably the ones helping Moth Gideon. But before we get to that, speaking of the armor again, can we talk about the incredible action scenes for the, the second half of this episode? Mm-hmm. Past Vizsla coming up and just laying waste to those pirates like Arnold and Terminator 2 with the Gatling gun. And then the armor literally using her hammer and tongs to just annihilate pirates. Tongs! She did. She grabbed that dude with her tongs, with her freaking, with her metallurgy tongs. The thing she uses to get hot metal out of the fire. She grabbed that dude and he yanked him down. <laughs> I thought it was funny how she did that. I, I wish she would have made a noise like. <laughs> <laughs> and I. And honestly, That's the noise I'd make if somebody was yanking I me backwards. I forgot. Like that. I forgot how incredibly skilled she is because remember at the end of season one we saw that we saw her taking on stormtroopers at, at the end of season one where she's like surrounded and uh he's she she buys time for din and, and grogu to get out and uh so i forgot and then she comes into frame and you just see like the hammer at her side oh, I, I loved it the, uh, the that whole action scene everything about it i thought was great did you like the action what do you think about the aerial? But I th- I think that the the mm-hmm. ship combat in this season has been the best of the show so far. I agree, man. I thought uh, I I thought all the action in this these in these episode, especially grief at the end, charging in like the cavalry, like the U.S. at the end of World War II, just with his one pistol, with his one pistol, and then everybody behind him with like a rake and. <laughs> All 12 people that were left from the village. Like a mop handle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Was there a Jawa behind him? Am I crazy or was there Probably. a Jawa behind him? I think it's funny. Like they all put their guns down. No, they, they, they turned and saw Paz first. But I was like, please tell me you're just going to. I didn't want it to happen, but I was thought, please. Why would they not just mow through these them. people? I mean, grief would be able to take out a few of them on his own. Not if like the first guy would have shot him real quick. I know, but they were they were outnumbered. And I love man. I want them to. I, I want Din's in one his starfighter. I love that thing so much. He's above you. He's below you, and he's just zipping around taking them out without a problem. Well, it's been an honor serving you, sir. And he just takes <laughs> off. I'm out. 
Which is funny because he's the one that started the whole thing he in the first place. <laughs> he was the most gung-ho about getting his vengeance and then immediately ran away. Listen to me and listen to me very carefully. I want to go into this school. And I want to have a drink. <laughs> it's a school. I hear what you're saying. But I want to drink. go in here. I want to sit down and I want to have a drink. We don't even have any alcohol in there. I want to sit down at one of the you're tiny little desks hearing. and I want to have a drink. <laughs> Bartender. That's not a bartender. That's a teacher. <laughs> well, someone needs to teach them how to make a drink. It's a school. <laughs> this is the lake. <laughs> There's not a road here. <laughs> There's no road here. It's bear right, Michael. The machine knows what it's doing, Dwight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, overall, I did like this episode. I didn't think it was a filler by any means. And again, like... uh there's still no main antagonist yet. There are hints at one. They, but they hinted at like it at no. the end for sure. And uh, again, for a show that you don't know what direction it's going to go in, I think it's very exciting. And I think it's cool to speculate where we mm-hmm. think it's going to go. I think you're right. I agree with your opinion on uh, what they're trying to set up. Um, I do think that there's something shady going on with some of the Mandalorians. Uh, do you truly believe that they're behind the Moff Gideon uh, heist, so to say? No, for the simple fact that they mentioned Mandalorians when he said, oh, so Mandalorians broke them out. Remembering that if any of those, if he had any more of his shock troopers or what were they called? The purge troop? No, purge troopers. What were they called? <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, the robots, the robots from the end of uh, season two that Luke Rup- annihilated because they had Beskar armor that like they had Beskar. That's that was their casings. So one of them could have easily taken out an entire Lambda class shuttle and gotten Gideon out. And it would have had Beskar alloy left behind, possibly. So I don't it's either not Mandalorians at all, or it's one that we already know. I don't think it'll be somebody new. It could be somebody from Bo Katan's crew that we saw last season. Or I think it's going to be uh I think it's just gonna be another one of his um, his robots that he had from season two. A robot. Mm-hmm. What's with the robots? So that's my thought. I don't know. Do you think it's Mandalorians that broke them out? I don't. I think it's a little too on the nose. Now there was a contingent of Mandalorians during um during the Empire that were um that were loyal to the Empire. There, there was a contingent okay. of them. Okay. There was, there gotcha. was one main, uh, one main clan. Uh, Finn Rao was the character's name, and it was like his his clan that were uh, that were big supporters of the Empire. Um, he lost a fight with the dark in Rebels, so it's possible that some of them are still around, still out and about. But uh, I don't know. This is all, this is all pointing to the fact that I need to watch Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, and I think I just told you the wrong name. I don't think it was Finn Rao. Somebody's going to yell at me in the comments. That's okay. I was just saying, I would have never known the difference. Because I, I can't remember if Finn Rao was the, the one that helped or not. I don't remember. Either way, Re- go watch Rebels. Rebels was fantastic. So overall, I thought this was a really good episode. I cannot wait to see what we get going forward. We only have three episodes left. We're already past the halfway point. And uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think that we're going to get a main antagonist in this season. I think this is just setting up to what's going to be coming down the road because we have Ahsoka coming up next and we have Skeleton Crew 
and um and whatever they're doing on the horizon and i know that they said they're all going to intersect soon with the uh the focus looking like it's going to be um what's his name grand admiral Thrawn. sorry you 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 said skeleton crew and all i could think of was get out of here skeleton man <laughs> happy birthday to game <laughs> get out of here skeleton man <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't stop thinking about he just it. Just blows out his candle, and walks away sad. All right. Oh, anything else you want to bring up about Mandalorian? We'll hop off here. No, no, I'm enjoying it so far. Liking it. Loving season three. All right. Well, with that, let us know what you think of uh, of this episode. What are you thinking of the season three overall? Are you excited that um they're telling a different kind of story? Are you disappointed that we don't have a main ag- antagonist yet? And uh, what do you think the future of the Disney Plus Star Wars shows is going to be moving forward? Are we going to get to Grand Admiral Thrawn, or is Moff Gideon going to be the big bad for the uh, for all the crossovers? Um, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, ring the notification bell on this video. If you are listening to the podcast, don't forget to rate and review. That really helps us a lot. And make sure you check out our social media platforms, especially TikTok and YouTube uh, we'll be, I'll be at C2E2 this weekend. Actually, when this releases, when you're listening to it, I'll probably be there right now. Uh, so be sure to check that out and see the coverage that we have from there. And we will be back next week with the Silver Screen Scoundrels with a Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves and Mandalorian Season 3, Episode number 6 from us next Friday. So with all that finally being said, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. For Ian, I have been Derek. This has been the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, and we will see you next time.